Welcome to Talking Business and Life with Claudio Relsano and Steve Mancini. Claudio and Steve will share their business and life experience to help you grow your business and improve your life. Here's Claudio and Steve. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to Talking Business and Life with Claudio Relsano and Steve Mancini. I almost messed up on that first guy. Um, Steve Mancini will be back soon. He's in Italy. Uh, I think he's back next week. I want to thank our wonderful producer, Mr. Joe Hale, and uh, thank all of you for your kind comments. We appreciate it. And to listen to the archives of this show and to listen to the show, period, go to crsmmedia.com. And uh, also, if you want to host your own podcast, uh, get in touch with us. We're taking uh, new shows on, so we already have several people interested and um, hopefully you'll be one of them and we can host your show and help you out. Today's a very special show, not just because I'm the guest, but the uh, host, the guy who's gonna be asking me questions is a long, long, long time friend uh, from what, 1980, I believe. A uh, wonderful guy, we've had a lot of laughs and, and softball and, and in life. Uh, has a wonderful family, wonderful wife, wonderful uh, kids, and he's a wonderful guy, and like I said, I. Uh, love him to death, and that's Rick Mitchell. Rick, thank you so much for being on, uh, for taking time to be the host of this show. Claudio, always a pleasure. I, I, I enjoy uh, doing this with you, and uh, I'm so happy to be here. Well, we appreciate it. So what we're going to do is Rick's just going to be asking me some questions. It's a little bit better than me just saying, okay, I did this or that and the other thing. Rick will pull some things out of me, and um, <laughs> hopefully it'll have some impact on you. Jim Valvano used to say his favorite word in English dictionary was word impact. So I like to have impact on people because so many have had impact on me. And hopefully uh, these questions and answers will have some impact on our great listeners. But uh, Rick, it's all yours. Well, uh, the first question I have for you is we know that you have been in and around baseball for 40 years. 40 years. Right. How did you get started? And what are some of the, uh, some of the positions you've held? Some of the, I know you've coached. I know you scout. Uh, uh, many, many other things. So what are some of the positions? So how did you get started in baseball? Everybody's tired of hearing it. August 19th, <laughs> Ida and Linda can repeat it. August 19th, 1973, um, I was uh, was eight years old. Went to my first Pirate game. My uncle used to work at Three River Stadium, and I knew right then and there what I wanted to do. As I've said a thousand times, I saw Three River Stadium. And I said, wow, what is that? What is this place, right? Mm -hmm. Then he takes me into the Allegheny Club where he was a general, he was assistant general manager. And I still remember the scent of that place. And I still remember the, the script of Allegheny Club and going into the elevator. I still remember it, Rick. And then going upstairs, in the, and as soon as you get out of the elevator, the, to the right was a beautiful in-color picture of Roberto Clemente. Yeah. Uh, kneeling down on that brand new turf at Three River Stadium, right? In that white uniform. Then as I'm walking along the hallways, I've seen all these athletes, Ernie Stott, pictures of Ernie Stottner, Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, Clemente, a young Stargell, and all these guys. I didn't even know who they were. I just knew Clemente was, yeah. right? And then, um, then he takes me down to the, well, I, I get to go a little bit further down than, and of course the restaurant with the glass windows, as you remember. I said, sure. wow, what, what is this, right? Because I pretty much never left Swickley right, at the time. Really, I didn't. And then um, he takes me down to the locker rooms, and I saw these guys, big guys with white uniforms, throwing socks at each other, fooling around, joking <laughs> around. And I was like, wow. Then I sneak out to the field, and it was the grounds crew. Remember Dirk DiNardo? Sure. Grounds yeah. crew and me. 
because it was around 1030 in the morning. And I saw that big, beautiful scoreboard. I said, this is it. I mean, I I had like toothpicks in my eyes. I knew what I wanted to do the rest of my life. And I came home. I, I, I told my dad. He said, uh, did you have a good time? I said, I did. But I know what I'm going to do with the rest of my life. He said, what? what, what what's that? I said, I'm going to be in professional baseball. And he said, okay. That's simple. All right. <laughs> if that's what you want to do, me and your mother do everything we can to give you every opportunity in the world to make your dreams come true. And my mom said, as long as you don't get hurt, you do good yeah. in school. I got hurt and I didn't do good in school, but she still supported me. <laughs> Yeah. And, um, and you know, I, as I told, as I say this all the time, if you ever see a turtle on top of a fence post, you know he didn't get there alone. <laughs> Without my parents' guaranteed lock, I would not have done the things I've done. But I, my first year, I played, obviously. Um, got hurt in college, and, and uh, two days in a row I got hurt, knee, then shoulder. But then I, I stuck around and you know, helped my dad out in the landscape business. And then Coach Wozniki from Quaker yeah, Valley. Sure. I graduated in 82. And he said, well, why don't you help me coach, be my assistant? So for five years, I was volunteer assistant at Quaker Valley. 88, uh, he got into an accident. Yeah. I slid right. in to, uh, pardon the pun, I slid <laughs> into head coach at age 23. Um, that was the youngest coach in the WPIL. And uh, we had a great season. I had great players. Uh, one of my players is somebody that you might know, Vince Kaplack. Heard of him. Yeah, heard, heard of him. him. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> so, uh, and then from there, I, I was head coach in 88. Then 89, I was assistant at Penn State Beaver. Yeah. 90, head coach. We won a championship. 90, uh, then I went back down to assistant. That's another story. Then 92, <laughs> went to uh, CCBC, Community College Beaver County. Yeah. Uh, Larry Tank Polochek brought me on board as an assistant. Love, love Tank. And then I was head coach there in 93. Duquesne University from 94 to 96, uh, left there, and then I disappeared for two years. <laughs> then I got an offer from Quigley Catholic High School, and I called you. And I said, you know, here I am going to Divi I'm Division One, right. and, you know, things didn't uh, – I, I got out of Duquesne. It was, players were great, but, you know, some other things uh, weren't so great. And um, I was out of coaching for two years. And I said, Rick, I said, geez, Division One down the yeah. – no, no offense to Quigley because I absolutely loved my time there, but I'm only making $800 a year right. there. And you said something I'll never forget. You said, are you doing anything in baseball? No. I said, no. Well, at least you'll be doing something. At least you're in that world. Somebody's going to see you. At least you're you. in the game. At least you're yeah. in the game. Right. Yeah. So I took it, and I'm glad that I did. So 99 and 2000, I had a absolutely great time. Coach, uh, Coach Driscoll, who brought me along, was great with me, and I had great players to coach. And uh, then in 2001 – um, I get a phone call. Uh, no, in 1999, November 99, Linda and I were watching Vinny Paz at, at uh, his fight at Foxwood. So I get some reading material, and it was a little bit of a, a block, a block advertisement for um, European baseball. And I said, "Well, they have a team in Italy. Okay, well I can speak, read, write Italian. I'll contact them. <clears throat> Maybe I can be some sort of a liaison, something, right?" So I contacted James from November of 99 to January of 2001, right? Every month, three, four times. Then he contacts me in uh, January of 2001. That's James. Gamble. James I'm Gamble. sorry, James Gamble, yeah. the owner of the Global Scouting Bureau. Right, yeah. And he said, Claudio, don't do backflips, but I have a job offer for you. Yeah. Long story short, it was a lot of money, a lot of money. And he's telling me the figures, and you're going to have a radio show and a TV show, and you're going to get more money. And my ears are like this, right? And I was going to have a daughter in May. I was going to, my daughter was going to be born in May. Right. And I was working in the landscape business, obviously, and making the $800, right? But I needed <laughs> more. So I told James, I said, 
is it okay if I call you back? He said, Claudio, you've been calling me three, four times a month for this job, this yeah. opportunity. This right. is a, a, a once in a lifetime break for you right. to be in professional baseball. It's big time money. I said, yeah, but it was going to Italy. That, that was the drawback. He wanted me to coach in Italy. And I said, geez, I don't know if I want to go. I didn't say that to him. So he said, okay, I need a response in four days. I said, okay. So my dad was home with me, and I asked my dad, and he said, yeah, let's go. I said, oh, man. I said, dad. Now, you know, my dad had some health issues, and I took care of him. I said, dad, you don't understand. You go to Italy, and if you have a cold, they say, hey, Tim, it's time. They let you go if you're 70 years old, right? And I said, it's a little different over there than here. No offense to the Italian doctors. But he said, let's go. Then Linda was at work, and she came home, and I said, I told her about the offer. Even before I mentioned the number, she said, yeah, let's go. I said, you don't seem to understand. We have to leave here for at least 10 months and go to Italy. Right. You know, we have a baby in May. I mean, how's that going to be? Do you want me to go by myself? No, we'll all go. So, man. And I didn't want to go. So I remember going for a walk at Three River Stadium by myself for four hours. I just disappeared. And I said, am I being selfish? Um, because I don't want to go. But I do have a daughter to take care of soon, you know, and, and, and a family, right? And um, I remember coming back home, and my dad said, where were you? And I told him. He said, you were thinking about that job, weren't you? I said, yeah. He said, if you have to think about an offer like that that long, it's not for you. And, and boy, when he said that, I'll never forget, I, just the bricks fell off my shoulders. And then I had to call James yeah. and know he was going <laughs> to cuss me out and tell me, don't you ever call me again. And then there's my chance to prose, right? Because right. he's the only one. 137-plus rejection letters. James said, here's an offer, right? So I said, James, I'm sorry, I appreciate it, but I can't do it. And he very simply said, okay, how'd you like to work for me? I said, well, hell, that's what I wanted to do to begin with. <laughs> and I've been with the Global Scouting Bureau since then, general manager 2002, break of a lifetime, and then from there, head coach at CMU, uh, which I love coaching Carnegie Mellon University, great players. We've turned the program around, won a few conference championships, just have some special people, special relationships, love the school. I've been there 18 years. Um, and uh, hope I'm going to sign on soon, hopefully, for yeah. number 19. <laughs> and um, and then I do some other things, which I know we'll get into, but yeah. that's the baseball. And I do a lot of training lessons and things like that in camps. But uh, Have a lot of influence on the younger kids coming up, um, you know. I try. Hopefully. I try. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. You know, yeah. I do, as I said, do a lot of lessons and training, yeah. Uh, yeah. especially hitting lessons yeah. in camps. And um, so I, I'm pretty much – I'm in college baseball, pro baseball, mm -hmm. Uh, you know, youth baseball with training. Yeah. I've done some announcing over the years and yeah. writing about baseball. And I'm doing a new thing, which I think I told you. There's a company called Draft 412. Yes. And they're involved yeah. with, um, I tell you everything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's a, uh, they, they deal with all the drafts. So they want me to, they're going to videotape me. It's going to be on their website. Something I really enjoy doing, they're going to show me, I'm going to look at a player through a scout's eyes and evaluate him. Then fix him through a coach's eyes because a scout doesn't fix. A scout evaluates, and that's it. So I can do both. So I'm really excited about that. And yeah. I'll know more about that this week, but I'm very excited about that. Yeah, so, that, sound, that sounds like a great opportunity, something that you would be great at. Knowing you as long as I have, you. you'd be great at that. And just one real quick aside, because I know Claudio's a little too modest, but he was one of the best players in Quaker Valley history. <laughs> I just wanted to throw that in well, there. Well, thank you. That's thank no problem. You. I appreciate that. Um, now, being in baseball – as long as you have, and and doing as many things as you've done in baseball, mm -hmm. you've 
branched out a little bit. You've yeah. you've you've taken you've you've got the baseball, but now you're doing other things. Right. What what made you decide? Because you, I know you work like a crazy in baseball. What made you decide to 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 take even more time out and and do other things and and, and branch out? Well, my dad always told me never put all your eggs in one basket. No. Right. Number one. So I branched out in baseball, doing different things. But yeah. then I'll never forget. Um, it's funny, I, I told you August 19th of 73 how that hit me about being in pro baseball. I was at Vinny's, Vince Kaplack's son's birthday party, mm-hmm. June of, um, I want to say, yeah, it was 07. And I'm just looking around, and Vinny had a Sports Illustrated book. So I looked at it, and it was a, where are they now? And Greg Norman was on there. And I know people are tired of hearing me talk about Greg Norman, but Rick asked me the question, so I have to give him the answer. <laughs> so, um, and, and it showed that he was coming out with a book. He sold wine, clothing, golf course design, GPS golf, beef, um, golf course design, if I didn't already say that, real estate, all kind of Just things. Just really diversified. Yeah. yeah. He had, under his company at the time, the Great White Shark Enterprises, I believe he had something like, 14 different businesses. Wow. I said, I can do that. Maybe not on a $400 million level, <laughs> but I can I can do it. And right then and there, I, I remember, I'll never forget, um, after a, a, uh, a practice, I had one of my players, um, I was driving him to back to campus, go to the, I believe it was a Squirrel Hill Barnes & Noble. Okay. I said, Here, go get this Greg Norman book. And I re- I've read that book, I can't even tell you how many times. But that's when I decided I wanted to do all these different things. I said, because I can. And I enjoy doing them. So from there, I branched out to, you know, uh, obviously the landscaping business and the baseball business, speaking, speaking, consulting. I wrote a book uh, in 2020, which I still have to give you uh, the book. (laughs) And then um, what else do I do? Uh, Then I'm involved, like, with uh, companies like Draft 412. Um, I'm going to be representing a company soon, speaking. That's not just on my own. I'll, come, I'll tell you more about that. Um, the, what else do I do? I'm trying to think what else I do. I'm losing a my lot. Oh, yeah, media, the shows. <laughs> I'm, how can yeah, I, I'm doing yeah, a show and I'm forgetting. Show. I do about, what, seven <laughs> shows? Uh, the, yeah, seven shows, a couple podcasts, a couple radio shows, the TV, the boxing TV show that Steve and I started a, uh, a media company, Empire Media Ventures. So we're looking forward to doing some things with that. Um, so I think I have about maybe, you know, I'm, I've always been a huge believer in having multiple uh, uh, funnels of income. Yeah. And as I said earlier, you know, coaching at CMU, scouting, lessons, the, the shows, speaking, consulting, writing the book, landscape business, and then now this draft 412. And then there's another company I'm getting involved with, um, Athlete Marketers, uh, which is an app for high school athletes, student athletes to contact uh, college coaches in their respective sport to let them know they're alive. So I'm getting involved in that. Um, so I'm trying to rank up, ramp up the speaking even more. So I have about what ten or twelve things going on, something like that, and uh, excited about it. I remember when I think we were in high school, and you said to me, um, "If you throw twenty rocks at a tree, <laughs> one's bound to hit. One's so bound to hopefully hit. Hopefully, a couple of dozen are yeah, bound to hit yeah. for you. That, um, that's, that's that's good that you remember that. Yeah. And you've you've been so successful in a lot of the things that you've done, and a lot of very successful people have unfortunately had to take their lumps. They've had failures. Have you ever experienced that? And if you have, what what has the, how has that made you grow as a, as a businessman, as a human being? Uh, tell us about that. A couple things that hit me right away. Um, several years ago, right before COVID hit, 
um, I, I'm fortunate enough to know a lot of athletes, former athletes, and become very good friends with them. They're yeah. great people. So I said, how can I monetize it, <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> and make them money too? Right. So I wanted to kind of start a, um, a speaker's bureau type thing and have some events. And then COVID hit. And um, I didn't lose any money on it, but that uh, business kind of... Wasn't as successful as you wanted it to be. It, it wasn't successful at all. Okay. Zero. Yeah. Um, and I had some great names, mm-hmm. but things just didn't... Um, some some partners that I kind of had didn't yeah. do what they were supposed to do Understood. and things didn't work out. Yeah. Then I was going to... Um, then I, then I two, two guys asked me to be a owner, co-owner of an MMA company. And all my box, because I do a lot of things in boxing, mm-hmm. uh, people say, oh, the, my boxing friend said, I wouldn't do it. I would not do it. It's a tough business. Yeah. I, and my ego said, no, I can do it. <laughs> I know I can do it. So long story short, the night of the event, um, I got beat up more than the fighters did. <laughs> okay, I, I lost a nice chunk of change. Yeah. And I, I sold the company back by the end of the night. I really did. I told my oh, partner. Did you do it at the end of the, that, that night? Oh, before it was over. I told those guys. I said, you didn't li- they didn't listen to some of the things that I wanted done. I wanted it yeah. to be all amateur. Because yeah. so, everything I do, I like to keep the overhead low. Right? Sure. Well, let's get this. Let's get Joe Hale as a pro and pay him and Rick Mitchell as a pro. Yeah, we got to pay him. Yeah. Oh, that's okay. No, it's not okay. Well, I don't know how many people we're going to have at this right. event. Where's the money coming from? Yeah. Sure. So, again – um, I got beat up pretty good, yeah. and I told those guys after the, I think, fifth fifth fight, I said, you know I'm selling my piece back. I'm <laughs> taking a hit, but I don't give a damn. I'm getting out of this, and yeah. I did. Yeah. Um, other than that, um, like the landscaping business, thankfully, has been good. I've owned it now for 35 years. Wow. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's, a pre- it's pretty good. My dad started it in 71. Yeah. Um, but um, as far as they, you know, that's pretty, those two things stick out, the, the, the celebrity placement business and the um and the mma now the speaking has been up and down but um that's something i really really want to grow a lot and signing on with this company which i'll make the announcement hopefully next week um because i meet no i'm meeting with them i think august 2nd i mean i got the gig we just want to make sure that right everything goes through but um i'm really excited about that The, the big thing with me is it's not, you know, how did that affect me? The, the things that didn't work out didn't bother me. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you what does get to me, it frustrates me. I think I can be doing better. I think I can be doing better. And yeah. it's frustrating yeah. when, like, even shows, like I see some boxing shows out there, and I say, man, Luther, Jim, and I are blow this away, yeah. you know, yeah. and we're trying to get to a, another level. Right. Or even still see Sports World show that I do with Luther and Jim. Or, you know, my shows, yeah, thankfully I have sponsors. But or even shows like this, which is brand new for Steve and I. Yeah. There's not that many shows out there that you're going to hear stuff like this. They try to be funny or they try to be cute or they get really too sophisticated. Right. Eh. You know, I'm just some guy who's plugging along, so there's more people who can relate to that. Yeah. But um, so the failures didn't bother me any. Um, you know, uh, I said on a previous show, World Be Free, who I know you remember him. Sure. They said, uh, what's your best attribute as a basketball player, as a shooter? He said, a, a lousy memory. Yeah. So I never think about the MMA loss or the, um, the celebrity placement. Not at all. I, I just get frustrated because I think that the things that I do are good. I think the product is good. I think I do them pretty good. 
and I think they could be on a little bit higher level. So it's frustrating. Yeah. So what do I do? Just keep plugging away. Right. Just keep plugging away. Keep swinging. It's good, but swinging. it's not good enough. It's not good enough. Right. right. And, and, you know, uh, Mario Andretti has a saying, if, if it seems like everything's under control, you're not going fast enough. Yeah. I feel I can go faster. <laughs> Dan Marino, his thing is, you can do more, you can always do more. Mm-hmm. I always think I can do more you know, and, and better. But every time you read a, a, a biography or something about a very successful person, that's the, the drive. Right. The drive to improve, the drive to do more, the drive to make it better. So, yeah, yeah. It, it sounds like you're right in line with that. I, I'm trying. And, yeah. you know, you always, for me, again, I've said this numerous on this show. I know people get touchy about it, but I, I'll, never enough money. Never enough. Gotcha. Because, you know, 10 comes in and 12 goes out. Yeah. You know, and it's very important <laughs> for me. You know, to take to take care of my family. We've all had financial problems. We've all had, sure. you know, loss of customers or loss of jobs or or somebody gets hurt, whatever. And you know, so I, I just I don't really you know me I don't need anything I don't want anything I just want to take I want I want to as my dad used to say keep the wolf away from the door. Yeah, that's it. And and keep what I have and and again take care of my family. That's right. it. I don't I don't need anything. I really really don't. But the big thing that I that I fight with every day is you know, some people will say, well, Claudio, you've done this, you've done that, or, you've, you know, like, you know, you and I appreciate you, you're successful. Eh, I don't know. I, <laughs> I mean, I, I just think I can do more. I'm just I, trying I, to be nice. I, I know. I know you didn't mean it. <laughs> but, uh, uh, of course, if if one of our old teachers, whenever he said, oh, you're not going to do anything in baseball, but if he was still around, I'd yeah. say, hey, wait a minute. Yes, yeah. I did. Here's my resume. Here's my resume, <laughs> brother. <laughs> right. But, but um, it's a lot better than yours, but he's right. he's gone. <laughs> but but um, I, I just uh, – and my mom used to say back then, be happy once in a while. Be, yeah. And not that I'm not happy because yeah. I have a lot to be happy with. Uh, like I said, I couldn't have asked for better parents. Missed them, but couldn't have asked for better yeah. parents. Yeah. Couldn't ask for a better wife and daughter, for sure. Uh, and, and you know, I said this numerous times. I, I talked to you, Vinny, Nick, uh, and uh, Eric. The, the problem someday, and this is a heck of a problem, yeah. is when I croak, I don't know if they're going to allow that many pallbearers. Because yeah. <laughs> I have a lot of guys that I, I really care right. for a lot. Right. And, and you guys have always been there for me and, and mean a ton to me. And we've had a lot of fun together. Sure. And, um, and and so I'm, I am happy, but again, I just I just always think I can do more. Understood. And and that's a that that's a that's not a bad thing to, to, to not a bad drive have the drive and desire to be successful. Absolutely right. Yeah. Um, I've been a guest on your podcast many times. Mm-hmm. Always enjoy it. But when you do the commercials. I, I sit there every time and I think to myself, how how does he do this in 24 hours in, in a day, in seven days in a week? How do you have time to do all of the things you do? It's amazing to me that you're able to to um, put all this time into all these things and, and do it well. How do you do that? How do you separate time? Because I know that that's tough for a lot of people. Time management is really tough. I'm on my fourth wife. <laughs> and, uh, no. Still Linda, who I've known since 87. She's you know a what? saint. <laughs> she, she's a good girl. You know what? That's the number one question I get. How do you do these different things? And then I get interviewed and do some shows and all that kind of stuff. Um, I just don't waste time. Yeah. I just don't waste time. I, I, I get in. I get it done. Get it done right. Get out. You know, yeah. I, and, and I'm, you know, you have to make sure you get it done right. And then I, I have a checklist I have with me every day. You know, pay this bill, do this, do call this one, text this one, email that one, do these jobs, whatever. Sure. And I just get them done, and I move. 
I really move. I hustle. And, um, and that, that's it. I, I just don't waste time. You only have so many hours in the day, mm-hmm. right? And now some of those hours I can't control, like when we're coaching a game. I mean, I, I can't do that. But if I know I have a game tomorrow, I'll get everything done today. And sometimes I'll shoot things out at I'll, 10.30 at night, 11 o'clock at night. Yeah. Um, I usually go to bed around, excuse me, around midnight or so. No matter what time I go to bed, I'm up at 6. So no you actually what. do sleep. <laughs> and a little bit, a little yeah. bit. But I say I go to bed around midnight yeah. or so yeah. after I watch wrestling. Yeah. Every night <laughs> right? I watch it. My wife right. says, don't you get tired of hearing 70s wrestling. Yeah. This, I'm going to break your leg. I'm going to yeah. beat you up. I said, that's the only thing that takes my mind off of yeah. chasing a buck, to be honest right. with you. But, um, yeah, to answer your question again, I, I just don't waste time. Now, I yeah. keep telling Linda, this is the last thing I'm going to do. That's yeah. it. And then just last month, four things came that way, and I said, yeah, all four of them. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to do all four, but um, yeah. I, I guess it's, I, again, to answer your question, I just don't waste time. But the, the thing that drives me, again, Jackie Robinson wrote a book years ago and said, um, I never had it made. You know, I'm never one yeah. of those guys who puts his feet up on the desk, hands behind the head, and says, oh, man. Yeah. Like yeah. Boo Boo Man said, it's a quick trip from the penthouse to the outhouse. Yeah. And... And I worry about that. And, and again, don't get me wrong. I have a lot of laughs. I, have a, I'm, I step back and I look at shows like this and how lucky I am and how blessed I am. Or again, my friendships uh, that I have and my family yeah. and, and the accomplishments and the whole nine yards. I'm grateful. But Mario Andretti one time was asked, what's your biggest fear? Now, here's a guy whose family came here from Italy yeah. with $125. He's worth, what, $140 plus yeah. million. Right. Okay, and they asked him, "What's your biggest fear in life?" And he said, "Poverty." Yeah, <laughs> you know, I just I um, call it what you want. I just want to make sure that I can take care of my family. Right. And, and so I going out. And plus, the other thing too, Rick, I enjoy accomplishing things. I, I enjoy doing different things. I, I'm never get even in baseball. I never played the same position more than three games in a row. Yeah. You know, Coach Waz would put me one game. I uh, I played. Uh, second, short, third, left, right, and pitched in one game, yeah. right? Yeah. And I would play third, couple games in a row, start shortstop. So I never got bored. Yeah. All my friends just <laughs> said, man, I'm getting tired of playing second base. Let me go to the outfield or whatever. Yeah. So it, I, I enjoy the chase as long as I catch the carrot once or ch- catch the rabbit once in a while. Right. But again, I, um, I I don't waste time. Uh, I Sometimes you don't need three hours to do something that really only takes 15 minutes. I have meetings sometimes. This one particular person, great person. The first 45 minutes, I don't know what the hell she said. <laughs> and, and we could have gotten it done really yeah. in five minutes. You right. know? So I try to minimize those long meetings yeah. and uh, get it done. Let's go right. to the next thing. Right. Check market. But we're going to take a quick commercial since you mentioned commercials okay. and we're going to hear from uh, we're going to hear about my stuff but uh, the Italian American Sports Hall of Fame has their 36th annual banquet Wednesday August 2nd you can still get tickets uh, contact just contact our website at questions at italianimpactweekly.com don't forget about my book lead from the heart up not to neck up how to create a positive winning culture in the field and in the office you can get it at Barnes & Noble and Robinson ClaudioRelsano.com BarnesNoble.com Amazon.com John Melvin Publishing.com. The Boxing Authorities, T- Boxing's Best TV Show with Luther Dupree Jr. and Smoking Jim Frazier. Check us out on Channel Box, 
also wbc.vivetv.network. And you can also check it out on YouTube, Luther Dupree's YouTube channel, Steel City Luke. It's a great show. You'll love it. And then my show, The Claudio Rosano Show, which Rick has been on many, many times. You can check us out on ClaudioRosano.com. Such great guests as Jerry Cooney, Mario Andretti, Vince Papali, Ken Griffey Sr., Rocky Blyer, Roman Gabriel, Vince Ferragamo, Jim Rooker, Al Oliver, a bunch of great guys. The basketball podcast that I host, Pennsylvania Basketball Coaches Association. Check that show out at pabca-org. And, of course, Italian Impact Weekly, which you can hear on WKHB Radio every Thursday from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. I know the call letters are 6.20 a.m., 92.1 f.m. And Joe's shaking his head. You should know these things, Joe Hale. And then this show, uh, Talking Business and Life with Claudio Rosano and Steve Mancini, pretty creative show. Our title, you can check that show out on crsmmedia.com. And uh, again, Steve and I started a new show, our new business called Empire Media Ventures, where if you want to host your own podcast, let us know and we can uh, hook you up and put us, put you on our network. Um, I think that's about it. I'll be coming up with some other things here soon to, to announce. And that's right. just and that's just Monday afternoon for Claudio. <laughs> anyway, uh, you you mentioned Mario Andretti. Yeah. You mentioned Greg Norman. Yeah. All right. These seem to me to be uh, role models for you Without as question. far as how to how to run a business, how to how to kind of navigate the waters and and celebrity and and fame and and like I said, running a business. So, what are those? What are some of your role models and and what have they done? to teach you and to help you uh, kind of figure this whole thing out. And they were so important in my life, so important. I've been fortunate to know some of them, but starting with my mom and dad. My dad um, worked in the mill, Bethlehem Steel, for 30-some years, 30 years, and he had a landscaping business uh, for years and years. And, again, he just taught me, never put all your eggs in one basket. And then my mom uh, was into – she knew how to – Save a buck. My, my dad knew how to make a buck. My mom knew how to stretch it and save it, right? And I tell you, I could have never had a better life. Never. I mean, I, I could have, my, my parents were unbelievable with me in all facets. But on the business end, they were always teaching me something. I, I could, uh, I was, I worked with my dad. And I saw how he handled uh, his clients and things like that. And then as far as um, you mentioned Andretti, I, I study these guys because they were involved in sports, so that obviously attracted me. So guys like Andretti, Greg Norman, um, Alex Rodriguez, uh, hugely successful, Dan Marino, uh, Roger Staubach, Fran Targington, George Foreman, Magic Johnson. I read something or watch something from those guys every single day. Every single day. I read one of their books. I watch their interviews. Um, and how does it help me navigate? I, I don't... Fran Tarvin says, you know, having your hands in the soil. I've done these things. I didn't major in communications or journalism or business or marketing or advertising um, or, or, you know, communications. But I'm doing those things or business. I'm doing those things because, yes, I have my hands in the soil. But I studied those guys. And I would listen to those guys more than I would a teacher. Not saying that's right, but that's just what I did. And they were in that sports world. But um, they had their failures, ups and downs. And, um, you know, I learned what to do, what not to do. My business acumen, if I have any, came straight from them. 
the, the terms I, I learned from them. Sometimes I wouldn't understand a term. I would look it up. What does it mean? Um, and I, I'm telling you, I listened to their interviews, like a couple of them every single day, watch podcasts, whatever. And they have been unbelievably instrumental. And then, you know, then you you even copy, you know, Greg Norman had his company, Great White Enter- Great White Shark Enterprises. Alex Rodriguez has um, A Rod Corp. Andretti just you know has an Andretti company. Um, Vince Ferragamo is the other one. I can't forget Vince. You know he's very successful in real estate, wine, and they didn't do just one thing. You know Andretti, yes, he he does commercials, endorsements, things like that. But he also has a humongous petroleum business, doing fantastic. Greg Norman again has all his things. He's still with the Live Golf. Uh, events. He's the CEO there. Uh, Alex Rodriguez has A-Rod Corp where he does uh, real estate. He's still in media, obviously, with ESPN and Fox. And um, uh, as I said, Farragon, but the wine and real estate mortgage company. Fran Targenton owns a multitude of businesses. So again, I said, I can do those things, okay? And But I, I listen on how they navigate. And I started my own company and put all those businesses under the umbrella of Claudio Rosano Enterprises. And um, and now started a new venture here with uh, with Steve. But um, I enjoy it. It's fun. It's more fun when you are successful at it. You yeah. make a buck yeah. when you get a check. Yeah. Um, and um, but yeah, listen to how they navigated. People think that Magic Johnson once said, "I can get a, a, a an interview with anybody. I can go to the the top CEO of the of the of United States, and he'll let me in his office. But if I don't know what I'm talking about within the first five minutes." He's going to want an autograph, talk to me about the Lakers, and push me out. Yeah. So when I talk to these people, and let's face it, and this is not a knock. If they want me involved with them, it's not because I'm such a wonderful guy. It's because I can bring something to their business, to their table. And um, and, and and I think that I can. And um, like I said, for me, it's always a fear. Again, Greg Norman says, what you miss on the roundabout, you pick up on the merry-go-round. I do lessons. This year, to be very blunt with you, they haven't been as Many, as previous years, mm-hmm. a lot of kids don't want to play, things like that. I mean, I, I'm the best baseball hitting uh, hitting instructor out there, so it has nothing to do with that. It's just a lot of kids sometimes they just lose interest and sure. they don't want to play. Sure. Or they get older and that's it. But I'm making up for that loss in camps, clinics, or this new thing with Draft 412. So, again, what you miss on a roundabout, you pick up on a merry-go-round. But those guys... they are just unbelievably important to me because I know for a fact that if I didn't, I I love to read as you've been to my house. I got a ton of books, but if you just give me a book on, you know, Edgar Allan Poe, as great as he was, eh, it's not going to do it for me. Even the books at home. I have some fantastic books at home. One of them, my favorite book, it's called the oral history of the seventies in baseball. Mm -hmm. I met the author too. Unbelievable book. I yeah. mean, just brings it back to those magical sure. days that you and I shared. Sure. We were kids. But I'm, I haven't read it in a while because that's not my interest. I still, obviously, when I coach, I give 100% as, as I do with scouting and lessons and camps and clinics. But I'm more reading the business books and financial investments because that's where my interest is. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, but back to your thing, uh, th- those guys have been incredibly important to me. And I know, knowing your parents as I did, um, and knowing what 
unbelievable people they were. Thank you. Uh, they, you know, that, that, that talk about an unbelievable foundation. I, I don't mean to editorialize here, but that's knowing them as I did, that they just laid the foundation for you and, and, and you just, you just took it from there. And I think that's, that's, that's awesome. And then they thought the world of you. And I know my, my, my mom unfortunately passed early, but I know my friends in quotes (laughs) used to like to get my dad all wound up and say, Mr. Rosano, did Claudio do this yet? Did he get that thing uh, surveyed yet? And he said, why you, you know, they, they love winding him up. So he'd jump on me. Like I said before, he, your dad was a great audience. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, that's for sure. Now we're talking about all the, all the, all the opportunities you do, all the things mm-hmm. you do, uh, the, 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 the different businesses you get into people come to you and they say, Claudio, we want you to do X with this product. Okay. How are you discerning? How do you pick and choose what's right? And, and what's the best thing for you to do? How do you how do you say how do you know when to say yes and when to say no? Uh, that's a good question. Um, Alex Rodriguez, <laughs> Alex Rodriguez, said, I bet on the jockey, not the horse. So if the person's a good person and doesn't come there with the uh, with the attitude and all that kind of stuff, yeah. then I'll listen. You know, then once you listen, then you look at the product or the service. Yeah. There was a company years ago, a very well-known company, very well-known. As soon as I'd say it to you, you say, oh, yeah, they wanted me to endorse their product. And this is back in 2001. And I said, wow, I, are you kidding me? Yeah. I'd yeah. love to do it. So they sent me the product. It wasn't any good. It just was not any good at all. Yeah. So I said, maybe it's me. Uh, uh, maybe it's just a bad product you sent me they sent me another one that was just as bad so i said i am honored that you contacted me but i just can't do it and he said why i said it's just the product you came up with it was a baseball product it just doesn't it's just not good enough it's not good at all really they did give it to a a, a well-known name who had a ton of money already yeah. But um, so, again, I look at the person who owns the business. I look at the business itself. And I do say no to some things. Um, you just get, what's her name? Lori Grenier from Shark Tank. Mm-hmm. She, she says she knows right away if it's a hero or a zero. Right away. Just like with you and I are very lucky. Uh, Patty, your wife, is an unbelievable person. You knew right away. It didn't yep. take, like, like with me when I got, well, with that job that James offered me, I had to think about it. Right. When... Linda and I were getting married. I didn't think about it. I was fine. Yeah, I, I yeah. wasn't nervous. Okay. Um, if you call me up and say, Claude, let's go eat. Okay. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. But if somebody, a relative of mine, <laughs> oh, man, I don't want to go. So it's one of those things where you just get a feel. Yeah. You use your gut yeah. right away right. if you know it's going to work. And, and also, I don't want to really get involved in something I'm not going to enjoy. Sure. You know, I don't want to, like, like, to be honest with you, like this show with – the first show, Italian Impact Weekly, we had one of my former players from Duquesne, Don Perry. I couldn't wait to get here. Or to be in honesty with, with Joe Hill, we just met in February. Joe, is a, forget about how good he is away. He's a great guy. So I look forward to coming here. Sure. Um, this show with you on today, couldn't wait to come yeah. on. And with Steve, obviously, it's great to be on. Smoking Jim and Luther. Man, I'm there two hours ahead of time. You guys have fun. You can tell. It, yeah. It's a great you, you show. Have we, have a, we have a lot of fun. Sure. Now, when I do in the landscape business, <laughs> I'm not really busting out the door for that. Not one, exactly right? the same thing, but that's okay. Um, but but uh, and I've had some jobs, some baseball jobs, where I was supposed to be there at six. I got there at five fifty nine. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. And 
maybe that's not, maybe it's not being professional. I don't know, but I was there. I did my work, right. but it. So again, how do I choose if the person's good, if the business is good, and I'm going to enjoy it? Okay, and you know what? There's an old real estate line where they say, "What's the three most important things in real estate? Good location, good location, good location." Right. I start saying, and I changed it. What's the three most important things in business and really in life? Coaching and life was good people, good people, good people. But I changed that. It's the what's the most important thing in business, life, coaching, baseball, whatever. The right people, the right people, the right people. Like I think I'm a great guy, but if you ask me to produce a show like you are joe you got the wrong guy if you ask me to play the bass like like you do rick <laughs> you got the wrong guy yeah. uh, if you ask me to teach uh my daughter ida trigonometry you really have the wrong guy i'm a good guy but i'm the wrong guy for that right. so if it's the right person right product um right business and, and you have a chance to grow with it yeah i'll get involved if not then then no well that leads me into my next question then what do you bring to a company, what can you offer a company, you yourself? What do you bring to the table? Greg Norman, again, said yeah. his capital is his name, his creativity, his work ethic, and for me, I add my contacts. Um, I've been fortunate enough to have a lot of contacts uh, out there, um, and and I think bringing that to the table is very important because not everybody knows this guy or know that guy. I've been fortunate enough to know a lot of people. Um, and uh, like, for example, uh, today, a, a guy asked me to ask Jim and I if we can maybe perhaps manage his boxing career. He's only had a few more fights left. And yeah, I mean, I, I, he's a good guy. He's yeah. not a bad fighter. And he can make some money and it, if moved properly. So again, creativity. There, there's this one guy, the guy that we talked to last week, Joe, John Guyette of uh, Athlete Marketers. He's a very successful businessman. We were passing some ideas along with Athlete Marketers. And I said some things to him. He said, wow, I didn't think of that. You know, it's just another set of eyes, another sure. uh, yeah. some different thoughts. So I think through my experiences, Good, bad, and ugly. Mm -hmm. I think I have something to offer, uh, again, with, with some creative ideas. Sometimes people see the the elephant, the ant, but they don't see the elephant. Sure. I think I can see both. Um, I use my contacts. I also have a lot of access to help promote uh, businesses through my shows, through people that I know who have shows. Um, and that's important to get the word out there. And then my work ethic. You know, they know yeah. I'm going to give them everything I have. Yeah. And the other thing, too, is they know they can trust me. That's very important. I'm not going to backstab anybody because that's happened to me. They don't have to worry about that. And, and also, I'm honest about things. Yeah. So uh, I think I bring that to the table. Now, you've mentioned money a couple of times in, while we've been talking. Why is it important? What's, what's the thing about money? How, how important is it? Just security. Sure. Everybody, yeah. some people want money to, to try and, and again everybody has their own thing yeah. who am I to say I'm just yeah. saying for me you asked me this question not 50 other people yeah. right yeah. it's important because I, I remember a couple years well more than a couple years ago maybe 10 years ago or so I was cooking and my wife comes in the kitchen with the mail and she said we got another invitation to one of your players weddings and I said man I'm gonna go broke going on these weddings <laughs> and my daughter looked at me her eyes got big she said daddy we're broke I said, no, when I broke, I'm just joking around, right? But I, I never forget that yeah. because, um, and Rick, you've seen it and I've seen it, some athletes who've made zillions, sure. zillions, yeah. 
and they're broke. And you look right. at them and you say, oh, my God, you, know, you feel bad, right? And so that worry is always on me. And then mm-hmm. especially when you have a family, you want to take care of them. And, um, and again, we don't stay home and look at the walls. We have a great life together. Linda, you have to threaten her to spend anything. <laughs> Ida, no. Um, but, but, but Linda, yes. Now, Ida watches her, her money. <laughs> but, um, she doesn't no, watch your money. She no, watches no. her money. She loves malls, boy. <laughs> yeah. But that's okay. Right. But um, so it's important for that, again, to keep the wolf away from the door. Nobody knew the pandem- pandemic was going to happen. You know, um, or if you lose a job, I'm not one of those. I'm not cocky enough to think that tomorrow this is going to want me or that's going to want me. You know, mm-hmm. I, that, that's why, you know, I'm preparing. Greg, I, once again, Greg Norman says, I'm going to prepare my life when I'm no longer number one golfer in the world. Right. right. And he did. He, he started his business while he was number one golfer in the world. I've been fortunate. I'm still scouting, coaching, lessons, show. But I'm preparing for one of these days when I'm not doing that. Doing that. Right. And I'd like to do, obviously, the shows and speaking and things like that. But why is it important? I don't need anything. I really don't. I don't want to go anywhere. I mean, we do go places. We have a nice nice life, like I said. I But um, I just don't want to uh, – I don't want to suffer. Sure. I just don't, you know, and and we all need money. People say, oh, I know some people, oh, money is, you can't take it with you. Well, hell, I'm not trying to take it with me. Yeah. It isn't like I want Linda to throw 50 bucks in the coffin, you know. <laughs> it's not that at all. Right. I just want to take care of my family, um, and, you know, that, that's it. I, I, and then if they're taken care of, I'm good. Sometimes I'll sneak in the room, Linda's sleeping, Ida's sleeping. Like, and one time I never forget this, geez, 12, 13 years ago. Uh, I did was no, something like that. But anyway, it was February, rain, cold outside, freezing outside. Linda was sleeping on the couch. Ida was sleeping. I said, this is why you go at it so hard. This is why you work so hard. So you have a you know, roof over your head and stuff like that. Then I remember my dad in 71. No, no, 69. My dad used to go to Italy like we go across the street. Then he developed a phobia. Well, no, let me start over. He was told he was going to go blind. He was told he had emphysema. <laughs> Now he had, um, my dad went through a lot. His first wife and him had two kids. I was the only one to my mom, but she died at age 32. My mom passed at age 48. Um, my sister was in an accident and all that stuff. But then, you know, things got better for my dad. And um, in 69, he was told he was going to go blind, hit emphysema. Now, if he was here now, he would tell you that he used to overhear my prayers every time we go by St. James Church. He said, please don't let my daddy go blind. I saw Santa Claus up street. So he said, what would you like for Christmas? I don't want my dad to go blind. Right? Yeah. I didn't know what emphysema was, but I knew what going blind was, right? right. He never went blind, right? Yeah. You know that. He never right. went blind. Right. But he developed a phobia because he just took too many hits. He couldn't leave past our hedges at one point. So for about uh, two years, two and a half years, my dad didn't work. We didn't miss a beat. There were seven mouths to feed. There was my mom, my dad, me, my brother, my sister, her husband, and her kid. Seven. We didn't miss a beat. My dad started working again in 71. I used to go with him. And slowly but surely, he got back on his feet. And he was able to go to Hershey. You know, it was a big deal to him for nobody else. But he went to Hershey with uh, He wouldn't let me drive. He didn't like that. But with you, he was okay. (laughs) One of the best three-hour conversations I ever had with with (laughs) your dad. Yeah, you enjoyed it. (laughs) But but, um, it was like a roast, a Claudio roast, some of it. (laughs) <laughs> but but um, uh, but he he really provided, and there'd be arguments on my porch. I remember one time, a couple of times, Dave Nitsch, I'd be sure. on, on our steps, and yeah. my mom and dad are chasing me. 
with a 20 in their hand. Take it. I said, I don't want it. I don't need it. I'm good. And then Chad would say, give it to me. And, I, and you know, let me ask you, let me ask you, what kind of shoes did I wear back in high school? Oh, you wore your, you wore your, uh, your, your Dr. J's, your Converse. That's yeah, right. Yeah. And back then they were 40 bucks. Yeah. I, and my parents said, get, or my dad, get another one. I don't need them. I'm good because I, I still polish my shoes to this day. Right. Yeah. And he said, no, get them. I said, I don't need them. And then I had a glove. You remember my baseball sure. glove, the one that I yeah. put firm grip in. Yeah. I, he got that for me in 79 for $79 at Saul's and Ambridge. Yeah. And then he, he said, get another one. I don't need another one. They bought me one, which I still have, brand new, yeah, 1987. Yeah. Um, I, and that was 87 Did bucks. Did you ever use that glove? Barely. I was going to say. Never I mean, in a game. Yeah, yeah. Never in a game. Yeah. And then you know me with the firm grip, right? Yeah, right. But, <laughs> but um, I ruined that. I still use that. That should be your next now. business venture. Yeah, really. Hooking up with firm, firm <laughs> I grip. I should. Yeah. But, um, yeah, like I said, I, I that's why it's important. My, my dad my dad was going to buy a hamburger joint, hot dog joint in Swickley. Yeah. In '16, he was gonna buy this little property that we were gonna go fishing on. Then he got sick. Yeah. But you know, we had enough to to mine the store, keep this keep the ship afloat, as I always say. Yeah. And with me, I don't take I don't take for granted Rocky Graziano when he won the championship in the middleweight championship against Tony Zale. They had a big ticker tape parade for him, and his wife said, "Look, Rock, where you used to get arrested at, yeah. they're having a ticker tape parade for you. Look at this. Look at this." And he said, uh, "Norma." His wife, he said, enjoy it now, because yeah. one of these days somebody's going to give me a good right, right here on the chin. It's going to be all over, yeah. and it's not a depressing way to look at it. It's just a a, a smart way to look realistic, at it. Sure. Realistic, sure, yeah. and because you never know. Yeah, and yeah. so I keep at it, and you know, you try to save, you try to invest, you try to again keep the wolf away from the door as best as you can. Now that we we could piggyback this next question off of that, what is your business philosophy? You have you you've, you've you're into so many different things. What do you what, what do you say is is how you approach business? I want everybody to win. Okay, that's it. I want okay. it to be a win win for everybody. Yeah. If there's three people, I want it to be a win win win. Right. If it's four, I want it to be a win 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 win. Yeah. Okay. And it doesn't have to be uh, just me. It's all about me yeah. because if it is like that. You're not. It's not going to be a sustainable business. You're not going to get a bad name. People are going to think you're a crook, yeah. and nobody can say that about me. I, I like Evander Holyfield lost all that money. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But he said nobody can say that I lost them money. They lost me money. Yeah. But I didn't lose it. I didn't lose anybody right. money. And you know, word gets around quick. And I think that one of the reasons why a lot of people, a lot of people, people have come up to me and wanted me to do this, that, or the other thing or represent their company or what have you yeah. is because they know that I, their money is my money. I, I, it's very important to me that, like, like with this show, I love doing this show. I love talking to you about this. But I really want somebody out there to say, man, yeah, I can do those things. You know, Just like those people have had influence on me. Um, again, I just want everybody to win. And yeah. uh, and I say this, you know, how does that happen? Why well, I said this is my book. If everybody pulls the same rope at the same time, the same direction, for the same purpose, you'll get a great result. If I'm pulling this way and you're pulling that way, and he's, it ain't going to work. So we all try to pull the same rope, same time, same direction, for the same purpose. We'll get a great result. And the other philosophy is for everybody to win. And I like to have my cake and eat it too. And why can't you do that? Why can't both of us win? Why can't all three of us win? Why does it just have to be me? Right. You know, so that's it. So you work with a lot of young people. You work with kids. You work with college-age kids. You work with high school-age kids. What would you tell them? What would you tell those kids who, who want, okay, there's the, there's the baseball aspect, which 
you know, people should be flocking to you for your expertise on that for sure. But when, when it comes to business, what do you tell kids that want to that want to uh, really kind of say, okay, I, w- I want to do a lot of the things you're doing, you know, as, as far as getting into business and things like that. What do you tell those kids? The the one company which I'll, I'll announce soon that I'm going to be representing, when they wanted me to speak to high schools and uh, well, let's just stick to the high schools, they said, I, you have 40 minutes. Jeez, I can't tell them every story, right? Or you can't tell them everything. Like here, this hour has gone quick. Right. It hit me right in front of the junior high, Quaker Valley Junior High, yeah. by our bus stop. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the word top. How did I get from point A to point B? I had to be tough. I had to overcome. I had to be persistent. Yeah. That's number one. Number two, things can happen in life. Mm-hmm. And, and I know you'll appreciate this, and I'll, I'll try to make this kind of a quick story. That first game I went to in 73, the starting pitcher's name was Jim Rooker. Jim and I are very good friends. He did some scouting for me. We played somebody golf events together. The first baseman's name was Al Oliver. Al and I were inducted yeah. into the same Hall of Fame together yeah. in 2014. Yeah. Uh, and then the second baseman was Rennie Stennett. Rennie was a very – and Al and I are friends. Jim and I are friends. Rennie was a very good friend of mine. Rennie invited me to the 79 Pirate reunion, which was – unbelievably magical the left fielder's name was your boy willie stargell yeah. i won a lifetime willie stargell lifetime achievement award the starting pitcher for the other team was juan marichal i signed juan marichal's nephew to a pro contract now if you'd have told me back then <clears throat> hey eight-year-old claudio these things are going to happen it's, ah, you're crazy right. but they did right. so i tell people you have to be tough overcome persistent yes but also things can happen in life it's not or even uh, this hit me the other day. In 99, I was home. I was watching the uh, All-Star game from Boston. And they had this unbelievable – and Rick is a huge baseball historian as well and appreciates it. But they had the pregame All-Star game on. Well, no, first they announced the All-Stars of the day. Um, you know, Cal Ripken and, and Sosa, McGuire, all those guys, right? <clears throat> then they had the greatest players of all time. They had Pete Rose, Johnny Bench. Eddie Murray, the strip, they had all these great names there and the history of that we grew up watching. Sure. So, oh, yeah. my God. I, I got emotional. I yeah. said, this is unbelievable. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, center field opens up. Here comes Ted. They didn't know this. Yeah. Ted Williams comes in, and he tips his hat on a golf cart. Yeah. And I'm emotional. I said, man, this is why I love this game yeah. and all that stuff. And then he's, you know, they throw out the, Tony Gwynn, all that stuff. And then I said, I'm about as far away from my dream as you can possibly get. I got so depressed, yeah. just like that, from being emotional about what was what I was watching. And I remember when I got married, I told my wife, I don't want any trophies, plaques in our new room because I don't want to be reminded who I was and who I wanted to be. So it was nothing. So I'm watching this All-Star game, and then, um, again, I got depressed. I, I was uh, just did. Fast forward to 2001, I signed, well, in two, well yeah, in two, uh, 2001, I signed Ted Williams' son. Oh, Ted Williams' son was holding Ted up, yeah. you know, when he got out of the golf cart. Right. Okay. I signed Ted Williams' son to a pro baseball contract. Yeah. The Major League Baseball winter meetings was in Fenway, that building that I was watching. Yeah. Juan Marichal was behind Ted Williams that day, talking to him. I signed Juan Marichal's nephew. Right. Okay. 
Now, again, if you had told me that day in July of 99 when I was so depressed, don't worry, Claudio. See that guy there? You're going to sign him. You're going to sign that guy's nephew. You're going to be in that building for the Major League Baseball winter meetings. You're crazy. But it did happen. How did it happen? Back to top. T.O.P. Tough, uh, overcome, and persistent. I had to be tough with all of the rejections that I got. And all the people who, and you know who they are, yeah. who busted my chops, who didn't want me to do anything, and made, and some of the people I worked with made it harder than it had to be. Right. I had to overcome, again, rejections and not going to where I wanted to be and my mom passing, which was devastating. Right. I had to be persistent, again, with all of the um, no's, no, no, no. Thank you for your interest in the Dodgers, but the position you are currently applying for is already being filled. We will keep your name on file, best in baseball, which means what? They throw it away until I got that one break. So that's why I tell people, you know, have a goal, have a dream, and as corny as it sounds, just keep going at it. You're gonna get told no, you're gonna get knocked down, get up, you're gonna get knocked. And then another thing, uh, again, things can happen in life, but the other thing is this, it's very important. If nobody invites you to a party, start your own. Yeah. (laughs) Simple as that, if nobody invites, start your own business. If nobody hires you to be an attorney, start your own. If nobody hires you to be a bricklayer, start your own. If nobody hires you to be a chef, get your own restaurant. It's not easy. Life isn't easy. You know, it, it is hard. And like I said, um, as I said before, if people look at the, uh, the baby, they don't see the labor pains. Yeah. <clears throat> it was no picnic. Yeah. A, lot of, uh, a lot of no's and a lot of people told you weren't going to make it. You know, quit baseball, grow up, be a man, yeah. be realistic. It's a pipe dream. And man, that hurt. And these are people that I cared for, you know. Yeah. And, but you uh, also use that as motivation. I did. I used my worst yeah. enemy to be my best ally. Yeah. But my friends such as you, you never, you always, 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 always in my corner. Yeah. And I always appreciate that. Vinny, always in my corner. Nick, always yeah. in my, Eric Jackson, Lori, always in my corner. Yeah. Um, yeah, you guys always supported me. And that, that meant everything to me. Yeah. And, um, and you know, thank God, you know, not that I'm sitting on the hill or anything, but thank God things went the way they did. And I'm, yeah. I still go at it. Yeah. But what do I give advice Top, tough, overcome, persistent, and things can happen in life. Yeah. And again, if you don't, if you're not invited to a party, start your own. Start your own. Okay, very That's good. It. Um, I have one more question, but just want to say this hour has gone so fast. I've enjoyed it so much. <laughs> I, I always enjoy uh, doing this kind of thing with you. Thank you. Um, and and uh, while we wrap it up, I'm a good interview. Well, too. You are a good interview. Uh, it make my life easy. <laughs> um, one as we wrap it up one last question and uh, pretty much the obvious what's next what's next for claudio um i just want to improve continue to improve the carnegie mellon university baseball program keep winning keep making it better keep making it special special memories all-time winning as coach at cmu history ladies and gentlemen Uh, thank you (laughs) um and uh improve the global scouting bureau yeah and then um, the the shows the shows are really uh, important to me. Um, yeah. Shows like this and take them on another level so more people can hear them, more people can watch them. Yeah. Want to ramp up the speaking? Yeah, I want to make money without question, but I really want to have impact on people. Sure. When I do the, the the speaking, I really want people to look at me again. You know, there's guys, there's athletes out there who are amazing athletes. There's nothing special about me, okay? So it's hard to say I want to be a Michael Jordan or a Greg Norman or an Alex Rodriguez. Anybody can do me, right? Like Rudy used to say, anybody can be a Rudy, right? So um, I just want to continue to do that, continue to take care of my my family, have more special memories with my friends. But business-wise, just keep improving on what I'm doing. 
Um, you never, I tell Linda all the time, you never know what's going to pop up. I didn't know that this Athlete Marketers was going to pop up. I didn't know that Draft 412 was going to pop up. There's another company, Streakers Gaming. Uh, I, I didn't know that was going to pop up. Um, you know, so you know, who knows with me? Mm-hmm. But I just want to continue to do what I'm doing, make them better, ramp them up a notch or three, and uh, see what else comes my way. Yeah, that's great. But uh, no, I, I enjoyed this. I appreciate you taking the time. And uh, my honor, had, my pleasure. We had a lot of fun together, especially yeah. with the Raiders. Yeah. That's a show uh, in itself, Raiders <laughs> softball, yeah. which I miss. I, you know, I, I really, I never forget one time I was, I was at Duquesne. I'll be honest with you, I, and I didn't enjoy that time. Enjoyed my players, but the last game we had was against Slippery Rock. Never forget, and flew yeah. to North Park. Right. Flew to North Park, yeah. and I saw my friends there yeah. playing softball. You know, they say the proverbial bricks off your shoulders. It's like, man. And we had so much fun. Got the game-winning hit that you day. Did. You did. But we had we had this one kid. I usually play left field, uh, and this at North Park, the field was the left field was really close to the road. So somebody asked Rick uh, and me. They said, "How come Sylvia's in left field and Claudio's in left center?" Because there's a road there, and I don't want Claude to get hit by a car. So let, let's <laughs> Rick was a hard line coach. But, uh, but, Rick, thank you so much for uh, taking the time out, and, uh, and I hope our audience enjoyed this uh, show. Always my pleasure, my friend. All right, brother. We'll have Steve Mancini back soon. Joe Hale, always appreciate you. Again, don't forget about the books and the show uh, that I do. You can go to my website at ClaudioRelsano.com and uh, get all the shows and uh, the boxing shows and all the things that I'm doing. But thank you all for tuning in. We really, really appreciate it. And uh, tune in next time to Talking Business and Life with Claudio Relsano and Steve Mancini. Thank you for listening to Talking Business and Life with Claudio Relsano and Steve Mancini. Tune in next week for more impactful business and life experiences with Claudio and Steve.